I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head. A safe place to hide a hurting heart. A gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am hereby issuing an urgent call for some gum control laws. Yakita, 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 night and day. Stupid statements from politicians, talking heads, and everyday people just kind of beating their gums. We have got to have some gum control laws here. Anytime I hear the words, have a nice day, I get dangerous. My lady wonder wench straps me down into my big, comfortable, manly, black leather poppet chair in my living room until I calm down. I get this terrible urge to jump up and shoot a shoulder-launched rocket with a soap warhead right into the gums of the have-a-nice-day-sayers. I think, I think they should be hit with a big fine, or even a jail sentence, or better yet, a jail paragraph. It's because, as you very well know, people who say have a nice day very seldom mean it. For most people, have a nice day basically means, okay, go away, I'm finished with you, now you're just bothering me. Go fall into a nest of hungry saber-toothed alligators, gangster rap singers, and insurance salespeople, and don't bother me again while I am trying to tweet my Twitter. You know, if somebody gives you a phony smile and hits you with, have a nice day, you're supposed to flash your own phony smile and say, well, you too. I don't. My standard reply to have a nice day is, thank you, but I have other plans. And you know what? Hardly anybody ever notices because they don't really care. They're not really listening. Gum control. We need some real gum control laws around here to wipe out comments like, have a nice day. Another example of a violation of gum control is drive safely. Why are you saying this to me? Huh? I mean, if, if you didn't tell me to drive safely, do you really think that I might drive like all the rest of those loose nut suicide terrorists on the highway, huh? And as I have explained in my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, available at Amazon.com, the word well at the beginning of almost every answer to a question should be another violation of any reasonable gum control laws. Well, doctor, do you think I'm going to live? Well, you're really not well. <laughs> Swell. I say go to hell with well. They are machine gumming us with well. Big Louie, the chief mustard cutter of our Louie Louie generation, has the list of the top ten words that you said should be violations of any decent gum control laws when I asked you to send them this, this past week. And we'll have those for you in a few minutes, but here are some that didn't make the top ten list, although they probably make you want to tighten your seatbelt when you hear them, too. For example, it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Why are you backing away from me while you're talking to me? The word Monday should be another gum control violation. 
I mean, what a crummy way to spend one-seventh of your life. Think about it. It's just a temporary tax. <laughs> Shotgun. Recalculating. That's a new one. It was on sale. That's an old one. <laughs> Didn't you hear that noise? You know, I never do, but she does. You're just like your mother. <laughs> Another shotgun. Any positive statement with the word but at the end of it is a big-time violation, as in, I love you, but... <laughs> Big Louie says this is not to be confused with the perfectly acceptable statement, I love your butt. That's different. How about, I told you so. Stop and ask directions. We're obviously lost. Slow down. Stop. Why didn't you let me drive? <laughs> I'll call you. Here, let me try it. No, 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 no. I've seen bigger. <laughs> I've never actually <clears throat> heard that. We need to talk. Oh, my God. Come in, shut the door, and sit down. Whoops. Bang, 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 yakety, yakety, yak. We need some gum control. details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that are keeping you awake at night out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. The first canned foods in the United States appeared in 1810, but the can opener wasn't invented until 1858. There must have been an awful lot of broken teeth between 1810 and 1858 getting hungry. Here's one I'd like to prove. If you had a billion dollars, with a B, a billion dollars, and you spent a thousand dollars a day, it would take you 2,740 years to spend it all. What a splurge. And speaking of billions with a B, it took until 1800, 1800, for the world's population to reach one billion but then only 130 years to reach 2 billion. Think about it. We must have gotten very sexy in 1930. Digs the tales. They take your mind off your mind. A little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or the spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.com, or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot at Amazon.com. Shameless plug. If you like any of those, would you please tell a couple of friends because they might like them too. And of course, you would be doing me a favor. So thank you very much. Gum control laws should cover what we say, what we don't say when we should, and maybe most of all, how we say the things we say. There's a story about that in my Bedtime Stories personal audio CD. You married Mr. Smalltalk, a nice, hard-working guy who sprays his car with air freshener and hangs his trousers up carefully before he makes love. 
His conversations are full of how's the weather, sports scores, kind of stuff that mostly fills empty spaces with sounds. He even asked you to marry him in small talk. He said, we could get married if you like. You were in your late 20s and very tired of the dating game. and You couldn't think of any particular reason to say no, so you said yes. Well, predictably, your marriage is like most of your conversations. Small talk casual. It's not bad, just sort of distant. And that's okay because you like your space and he's even got some money. You're a bright woman. You run your own business and you ride your quarter horse in shows. You love the challenge of both. You set your own schedule so you take time each day for a ride. The exercise feels good and so does the teamwork that you and your horse are teaching each other. After your ride, you usually stop at a neighborhood diner for lunch and a few laughs with the other regulars. One of them is a flight instructor at the small airport down the road. You first noticed him because he was obviously trying not to notice you. He didn't stare. He just couldn't seem to stop his eyes from flicking your way. It surprised you because your everyday riding outfit is a pair of worn, stretchy jeans and an old, long-sleeved, blue turtleneck sweater under a plaid flannel shirt with a green down vest. You get muddy and sweaty when you ride, and your hair gets scrunched down inside your helmet. It's not exactly sexy. His opening line was, Hi, this place is pretty crowded today. Do you mind if I share your table? He's a very ordinary-looking guy. Average height, worn brown leather jacket, couple of gray streaks and curly brown hair, Ray-Ban sunglasses, T-shirt, jeans, and scuffy sneakers. He said, I noticed that you dressed for horseback riding. I had a horse. Most people don't understand how delicate they are for such big, powerful creatures. He spoke quietly and easily about how often horses die from things like a broken heart. He had the kind of deep, gravelly voice that would make you feel safe and comfortable if you were coming out of the PA system in an airliner in bad weather. You began to look forward to your lunchtime conversations. He had the kind of sense of humor that covers a deep, lonely streak, like a wound that is healed but still hurts. He's shy. He only talks about things that are important to him. Small talk is simply not his style. When he talks about the weather, it's with a pilot's respect for the life and death power of nature. But he certainly has a small life. His airplane, his collection of jazz CDs, and now his lunchtime meetings with you. He sees things that are too small for most people to notice, the way sunlight catches bits of dust in the air. The way your eyes change color when you laugh. The secrets the other diners are giving away with small changes in their body language. He's a widower. He's a little down on his luck. Flight instructors don't make very much money. Until last year, he was a co-pilot with an airline that didn't make it. His job crashed the day after his wife was killed in a traffic accident. Then one day he said, I might come out to watch you ride sometime after lunch. And today he did it. Nobody ever came out to watch you ride, even when you went to shows. He just stood outside the barn with his arms folded, and when he caught your eye, he smiled, and you were so surprised, you got off your horse, you ran over to him, and you wrapped both your arms around one of his, and you leaned your head against his shoulder. There was a trace of engine smell in the soft brown leather of his jacket, and more than a trace of surprise in his eyes. His arms automatically made a ring around your shoulders. Without thinking, 
you laid your cheek against his chest and you slipped your hand under his jacket and shirt and you were rubbing slowly up and down his back. He took a quick, deep breath that sounded like an old wound breaking open. And then without a word, he loosened his arms so you could step back if that's what you wanted to do. But you didn't, because you couldn't move. The message in his eyes was steady and clear. If you stay where you are, please don't ever expect me to be just your friend. No confusion, no protection, no words. You knew you needed to speak. You needed to say no, but you couldn't. There was only the rustle of your breathing and his quiet heartbeat. And then a deep, powerful male sound came up from somewhere unprotected inside him. It wasn't a word, it was just a sound, but it filled all the space between you with a quick, soft shock. And you were suddenly safe, but warm and dangerously naked in his arms. The time for small talk in your life may be past. fingertips wasn't static electricity from rubbing his hairy back. It was, it was much more dangerous than that. Mr. Smalltalk is from my Bedtime Stories personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com check out the Bedtime Stories icon on the homepage. In case you missed some of the blogs from last week, I took the most frequently mentioned words that you told me deserve big fines for violating any decent gum control laws, and I asked you to vote them into order for some kind of a top ten list, and here's the result. Number ten. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. There are a couple of different ways of putting it, but this was uh, this was the main idea. And some of you were pretty hot under the collar when you sent this to. Number nine, we're sorry, but we cannot complete your call as dialed. The woman's voice that they use on that sounds like she is really saying, wow, I can't believe you're such an idiot that you can't even dial a phone number. That's number nine. Number eight... There goes the electricity. <laughs> Did you ever lose power and catch yourself walking around flipping light switches anyway? It's weird. Root canal. Ooh. Every time I hear the word words root canal, I, I, always, I try to reduce the pain that I know is coming by making a visualization of some other kind of root canal. I mean, 
what else could be described as a root canal? And I like to think of a group of scantily clad cheerleaders rooting for the team, soaked to the skin in a small, narrow, man-made body of water. A root canal. (laughs) Kind of tickles my fancy, but it hurts anyway. Number six is watch this. Every time I hear, watch this, something very bad happens very soon. How about you? Number five, after a job interview, the guy says, good luck to you. This is another way of saying, have a nice day. License and registration, please. But officer, I was just trying to keep a safe distance ahead of that idiot behind me. Number three, is that water on the bathroom floor? Probably not. This could actually be number one, but it is so dastardly, so terrible, that it deserves its own recognition. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go wrong, go wrong, go wrong. Oh, yeah. And before I tell you the worst offender of any decent gum control laws, I need to mention that I made one word out of uh, a thing that was expressed in a lot of different ways. One of my pilot buddies put it this way. In preparation for takeoff, please place your flight attendant in her upright and locked position. If you are seated next to or married to a small child, please place their mask on your face first. Many of my Sky Wanderer friends said, just as you're landing or, or taking off, the words, O Sanctum Effluviam, only they said it in English, which we have translated into bad Latin to protect the very delicate ears of any young people listening, but mostly out of respect for the licenses of the radio stations that carry this podcast. O Sanctum Effluviam. You get the idea. So, here is the one word that deserves the biggest fine for the most violent violation of any decent gum control laws. The biggie. Numero uno, number one. It is just the word, whoops. (laughs) All right, so thank you for helping me put this list together. I would uh, tell you, have a nice day, but I'm sure you have other plans. Okay, time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.